Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to episode 122 of TLDR Podcast. I am your host this week, Trayden. Um, I, uh, you know, I haven't hosted in a while, um, so it's, it's it's my turn. We're back on the on our rotation, um, at least until uh, Tyler gets done with the World Series, which seems like it's never going to end because it's yeah. either they decide to start it late or there's a rain out or what the fuck. So we, we will get into that. Look, I, I don't know if there was rain last week and why they started on Friday. We don't need to talk about it, but it kind of was annoying. Actually, it was extremely annoying. Um, we would be like done with it by now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, I, I am your host. Um, we're going to go around the horn here and, um, you know, see how the guys are doing. Um, Tyler, your this World Series has been awesome. Yeah, it's been quite the run already Uh, i mean this i mean the phillies are freaking teeing off on the Astros right now they just hit their fifth home run of the game um it's wild this is what october is all about october baseball man it's it's great to see it a team that just barely made the playoffs and they're they're killing it and they're making for great baseball i mean that game one that had me on the edge of my seat the whole time and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of talk about it more a bit later but so far turning out to be a great series and i hope it continues i wholeheartedly agree we will talk about it but i just wanted to 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 you know talk about it because it's even just started because it's just been absolutely insane uh alex there has been nothing no short of drama in the nba um and especially today like we had topics picked like days ago and then you like completely changed it you had to um what do you think of the nba so far just just top level it seems like this year there's like two incredible teams, a bunch of like mid teams, a bunch of shit teams, but it's probably like the most parody we've seen in the NBA for the first like three weeks in a long time. But yeah, I mean, there's always drama with the NBA because there's just a lot of, I don't know, attitudes and egos in the, in the association. But um, you know, other than my team sucks balls, the rest of it's been great. Hey man, what a, what a celebration after your first win. Holy fuck. Um, you would have thought they won the finals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> James, CMC has completely changed your team. Yes or no? Two oh, absolutely, dude. Without a doubt. It also changes Alex's fantasy team. So congratulations, Alex, on having CMC. Uh, but the dude had the triple crown. Rushing touchdown, passing touchdown, and, and receiving touchdown. What more could you want? And it actually allows Jimmy G to see the field better because he always has a safety blanket. He can go through his progressions find the open guy. But if not, there's CMC sitting right there. I love CMC. I think I'm going to ask him to marry me. Oh, um, that's, that's <laughs> interesting. I mean, you know, I, all the power to you. No, but James, you've been talking about this guy since he kind of came in. I mean, you were, you, he was high on your list. I don't know when he came, was it like four years ago, he came in, you were talking about him. Um, he's, he's had his, in, he's had his, uh, you know, medical bracelet issues, but as of now he's, he's looking really good james why don't you just take take us into the 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 meat of the podcast here we're going to be talking waiver wires why don't you take it away all right guys uh just before we begin before we start waivers we're going to talk about our fantasy league real fast and it's looking bad for myself i lost to eric unfortunately alex (laughs) also lost and then Traden also lost which means tyler won congratulations tyler let's go tyler's currently in first place me and Traden and eric are tied for second and alex is tied for seventh Falling apart. He's falling apart big time. Okay, he has a 14% chance of making the playoffs. 
which is better than air eric i don't know mike who knows no mike 17 cmc with the triple crown whoever i was playing scored 170 i don't know what i was supposed to do about that (laughs) (laughs) that's that's brutal man and i have yet to i haven't broken 100 points scoring in like four weeks yeah it's such bullshit that you're second you're tied for second it's such bullshit if i would you know what looking at alex has over 160 more points than you and he's way behind you i would bad luck bad luck for team whatever my team name is or fucking way good like like you shove the whole fucking horseshoe up your ass james bro it's just like i have my two keepers Najee harris and jonathan taylor complete trash terrible (laughs) i don't even know what to go like i'm I'm trying to trade away both of them right now so if anybody wants to take them feel free but let's talk waivers teams on by this week there's a lot of them cleveland dallas denver New York Giants, Pittsburgh Steelers, and my San Francisco 49ers, which is great because that means I can just enjoy football without being stressed at all. Love that. <laughs> going in first, we're gonna start, we're gonna talk QBs. Justin Fields, Chicago Bears. And if you know me, you know I hate Justin Fields, but here we are. We're talking quarterbacks, talking waiver, talking fantasy football. It is what it is. 26.2% rostered, 26.04 points against Dallas, which is again a very, very, very good defense. 17 for 23 for 151 yards and two touchdowns but he also added eight carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. There's no doubt that Fields getting more comfortable in the NFL as a QB. His passing numbers have gone up every single week pretty much, but he, it's like there's also no doubt that he can't run the ball. Like this guy is a runner at heart. His passing yards may not be there. I think he's only gone over 200 yards one time this season, but his rushing yards are. Since week three, he's averaged, averaged 62 rushing yards, which you know is really good. That's six extra points a game for your quarterback. His rushing ability paired with the Bears trusting him to throw more, and they just picked up carpool, fun fact. It's a recipe for success. Up next, they play the Miami Dolphins, ranked 26th out of 32 against QBs, which might change now that they got Bradley Chubb, but he's probably not going to have a full package. So, you know, there's still, there's still some help there. Alex, your thoughts on Justin Fields? Yeah, I mean, he look, he's the 11th overall ranked quarterback uh, right now, uh, back-to-back, you know, 23-plus point games. Just like you said, the Bears seem to be trusting him more. He just got another another receiver. You know, Claypool can can be elite and he can be shit. So, like, you know, we'll have it's, – it's not like a game changer, but at least it is another weapon. We've seen, you know, Claypool be a good receiver in this league. So, um, especially what you just said, there's six teams on by this week. I mean, not a lot of them you per, like have their quarterback most likely. Um, but if you're looking for a spark or your team's falling apart, uh, I mean, Justin Fields, like he, he kind of looks like he's turning around. You know, it's only a year and a half in, uh, not really not even because he didn't even start this season last year as the quarterback. So um, maybe he's figuring something out. Maybe. Trading your thoughts. First of all, it's really jarring to to hear Claypool because I've heard carpool so much that it just I was I almost corrected Alex on here here and then I'm like oh wait no you can't do that um, <laughs> um I I hate Justin Fields um he just annoys the fucking piss out of me like it's it's amazing um and I don't even know why part of it is because you James thanks now, now I hate people because of you um I he is probably the best the best option right now because everyone else is is either on buy or is absolute dog shit but a little less dog shit i would say is is andy dalton he's looking okay as of late um i don't i don't and you give me that look but it's like who else do you pick i mean you're what are you gonna pick tyler heineke 
No, or Taylor Heineke? No. What are you gonna pick? Uh, Marcus Super Mario? No. Fuck. He's a fucking. Um, he's fucking dog shit. PJ Walker? No fucking way. You're trading everybody. Like you have nobody. So if you can't have Fields, then Andy Dalton. I mean, look, he was better than Derek Carr, and unfortunately, Kylie played Derek Carr over Andy Dalton, and it really hurt her. <laughs> <laughs> that is brutal. <laughs> Moving on to running back here, a little asterisk. If Deontay Foreman, he's not my pick because he's over 50%. But if Deontay Foreman from Carolina is in, available in your league, pick him up first. But my pick, because that has to be under 50%, is Kenyon Drake out of Baltimore. 18.3% rostered, 16.7 points against Tampa Bay. Seven carries for 62 yards, four receptions for five yards and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake has shown that when given the opportunity, he can really, really shine. He was given the opportunity when J.K. Dobbins went out, and he had 119 rushing yards two weeks ago. And then Gus Edwards left the game with a minor hamstring strain uh, this last week. And knowing his injury history, coming back from an ACL, having a hamstring issue now, I think the Baltimore Ravens will take a little bit more conservative route for him, which means Kenyon Drake will get the lion's share of carries, which is great for him. The Ravens are going to run the ball a lot with Lamar Jackson and Kenyon Drake as their focal points. So here you go. Up next, play the New Orleans Saints. They allow an average of 15 fantasy points to running backs. Trading your thoughts on Kenny Drake. I think that um, assuming that Gus Edwards is out, and I think it's I think it's kind of a safe bet considering I believe I believe Baltimore is on bye after this after this, and the game's on Monday. So, you know, you are playing a Saints team, which I which you assume you can you can beat. So you you may you see you might sit Gus, and if that's the case, then you definitely need to pick up Kenyon Drake. Look at his production when when he went down. Um, he averaged at least 8.8 yards per carry uh, in in the last two games. Um, four catches on four targets against the Bucks. Uh, I think I think he's definitely a, a notable worthy add um, in this matchup against the Saints. Tyler, your thoughts? All right. So this is the point of the season where picking up more for finding more than one guy that's actually going to do a solid on the waiver wire, especially in the running back running back position, is really difficult. So I'm going to preface this. This is a complete shot in the dark. It's a Hail Mary and a half, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going with Ronnie Rivers of the Los Angeles Rams. This dude was activated off the practice squad only a couple weeks ago. Uh, Last week, he put up 7.6 points. Really, again, really nothing to be showboaty about, but hey, it's something. Um, The Rams are desperate for any kind of running game right now. Akers is a no-show. Henderson is really not that much better. The Rams O-line sucks. The Rams aren't making the playoffs but it doesn't matter. Maybe this guy can boom for you. He's only owned in 0.05% of leagues. So odds are he's definitely available to pick up. If you're really desperate, man, you can't find anybody else. Again, this is a huge risk. I'm not recommending you do it, but for this purpose of the segment, fuck it. Why not? Ronnie Rivers. You could have picked, you could have picked freaking McKissick, dude. Damn. No, at least no, you know screw, that name. Screw every single commander's running back in the history. <laughs> of the freaking watch <laughs> fuck, fuck that franchise. So, to be honest, guys, the the Niners played the Rams, and apparently the Rams have Ronnie Rivers, who I've never heard of. I have to look him up right now as Tyler was Yeah, I didn't even know that was a guy. No idea. I thought you made that up. Honestly, (laughs) you could have made that up. No idea. Uh, When you said Rams, though, like, Kyron Williams, guys. Kyron Williams is coming back from an injury, and he was the number one running back for the Los Angeles Rams before he got injured. He's a rookie. He's going to come back slowly. But when he's back, he's going to be ahead of Ronnie Rivers. He's going to be ahead of Darrell Henderson. 
Cam Akers is way out of the picture, but Kyron Williams is the one you should be looking out for if you're a Rams fan. Tyler. <laughs> Moving Rams. on to wide receivers. What did you Watch say, Ronnie Rivers just run up the field and just – Yeah, score. Ronnie Rivers is not getting another hey, – we'll see. In the NFL. Bye-bye. Watch it. Watch it. <laughs> I will, and it's not happening. But moving on to wide receiver, Romeo Dobbs out of Green Bay, 47.3% rostered, 16.2% or 16.2 points against the Bills, four receptions on seven targets for 62 yards and a touchdown. The Packers are in trouble right now, big time. They don't look good at all. Rodgers has zero trust in his wide receivers until now. Romeo Dobbs was looking really good. And there was a there was a really, really pivotal touchdown throw catch that he had that I think gained the trust of Aaron Rodgers. It was a hard-fought ball. He turned multiple times to get it, and he caught it. That was a hell of a TD catch, and I think Rodgers really appreciates and respects him for that. The Packers need to win now, so I think Rodgers is going to take control of his playbook a little bit and pass a fuck ton. Up next, they play the Detroit Lions. They might be one of the worst defenses in the league ever. They are so bad. They allow an average of 20, 25 fantasy points to the wide receiver one of the opposing team, which in this case is Romeo Dobbs. Trading your thoughts. If you're looking for some Dobbs, pick up Dobbs. Simple as that. I was waiting so long to say that. Um, he did very, very, very well in, uh, in in Buffalo, you know, considering he's now the wide receiver one not with uh, Alan Lazard seemingly out. And again, Aaron Rodgers has an issue with um, with his wide receivers, and he seemed to be very, very impressed with um, with that with that play that uh, that 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 Dubs uh, completed there. Um, and especially if we know that Lazard is out, I think you have to consider um, you have to put in uh, Romeo Dubs in your uh, in your in your lineup because I, I think I think you're exactly right, James. I think that. Uh, that Rogers is going to be starting to take a little bit more control. He's going to start throwing the ball. And if you have only him to throw to, there you go. Alex, your thoughts. I mean, I, yeah, the, the lions defense is shit. There's not much else going on in green Bay right now. It's just, I like, it's just hard for me to trust anything that's going on in green Bay. So like, I just, I just don't know. Like, yeah, but he's been, like, Dobbs has been very like up and down. I feel like, um, I'm, we've talked about him before, but Rondell Moore is still under 50%. I know D hop is back, but that also means that the, you know, the number one corner is probably not playing against Moore. He's probably playing against D hop. They're playing Seattle this week, who is uh, much better than I guess we thought they would be. But in case you want to kind of go for somebody Moore is also a good option. Moving on to tight end Tyler Conklin out of the Jets, 16.1% rostered, 25.9 points against New England, six receptions on 10 targets with 79 yards and two touchdowns. This is his third appearance in my waiver wire segment, guys. Y'all just don't listen. He's a tight end six on the season. He puts up that many points. He's better than a lot of other tight ends right now. A lot of them, 26 probably or more because uh, 32 teams. <laughs> uh, he's always going to be heavily targeted. On this team, even with Zach Wilson at QB, he's shown it. He's done it. He's getting points. He's a huge red zone target, especially now that Brees Hall is out, so not going to be running the ball as much. Also, Zach Wilson doesn't seem to like to throw to Elijah Moore for some reason, who was the best player last year. Just It's, it's like a Garrett Wilson show and Tyler Conklin show. Up next, they play Buffalo. The Bills are a super team, and they're absolutely going to have to throw the ball a ton if they want to be moderately competitive in this game. Tyler, your thoughts? 
Yeah, you pretty much said all the points I was going to make. Um, I think it's a great pickup. As, as you said, we've had him on, on, on our uh, segments for a long time. Um, you know, I think I feel like there's, you know, a, a pretty good um, tight end talent this, this, this season, but um, I think, I think Conklin is doing a, doing a really good job there in New York. I, I agree. I think the main thing against the bills, you know, the, the, the jets are having a, a pretty good year. I think they're going to be pretty competitive in that game, but they're probably going to be losing uh, because Buffalo is just that good. So they're definitely going to be uh, passing a lot on top of the fact that, as you mentioned, um, that, that Wilson, a Con- Conklin connection seems to be pretty, pretty tried and true at this point in the season. So definitely a really good pickup. Chad, your thoughts. I I'm just super, super duper scared of the bills defense. And I think that that, that alone is, it, it gives me some pause. Um, I, I know that you've already talked about him, so it's a little unfair, but I picked him up last week and he still remains 50% uh, under 50%. And that's Evan Ingram out of uh, Jacksonville. I think that, I think that Jacksonville is, is, is continuously getting better and better and better. They're also playing the listless Ra- uh, Raiders. The Raiders are bad. The Raiders are so bad. And, and I just feel like we'll see another, um, you know, great, you know, he, he's been quite consistent in the last few games. He's been targeted a lot more in the last four games. He got his first touchdown, um, you know, last week. And I think that, you know, now that that, now that they're con- continuously building a relationship, uh, when I say that, I mean, Lawrence and Ingram, I think that that's going to continue to, um, to do well, uh, the, the Raiders are number three in most fantasy points allowed to, to opposing tight ends, which. Yeah, pick up Evan Ingram because he's going to have a fucking game. Yeah, absolutely. I like that pick. If you guys take away one point from my segment, it's don't go get Ronnie Rivers. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Ronnie Rivers is the GOAT, James. You must have missed the you must have missed the memo. You heard it here. Um, thank you very much, James. Uh, it's always always helpful, um, especially for those guys that are just, you know, struggling to find wins. And that's Alex. I mean, he's not struggling to find points. He's just struggling to find wins. And that's the tough part. Uh, very, very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Unlike James, who struggles to find points, but has no problem finding wins somehow. <laughs> that's fantasy football for you. <laughs> that's fantasy football, if I've ever heard of it. Uh, thank you. And we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some basketball drama. There's a shit ton of drama in the NBA. Alex is going to take us all through it. Actually, today has been like unbelievably dramatic. Um, it seems like there was a there was a headline or some news every ten minutes. So, Alex, just just go. Yeah. Um, two things before we start. Also, for fantasy, uh, obviously, I talked shit, which means I lost because that's <laughs> how life works. Uh, but Tyler's own too, like an idiot. Yeah. And James and trade and both got wins. Um, also because the NBA is promoting this just uh, a week from today is uh vote voting day, election day, whatever you call it. Um, so go out and vote. I know we talked about that uh, previously, but um, go vote. It's a, it's a good thing. Um, yeah. So like trade had mentioned in the beginning of this episode uh, we had, you know, three things picked out. We changed them because uh, something went crazy. So the <clears throat> Brooklyn Nets fired Steve Nash. We talked about it uh, during the previews or kind of like, you know, over the over the summer, like was Steve Nash on the hot seat? Apparently, yes. Uh, he only made it like six games. But just to kind of recap what has happened to the Brooklyn Nets since the end of June. Okay, ready? Kyrie asks out. 
Can't find anyone to trade him. KD then asks out, asks out of Brooklyn. No one will take him. And then they demand that Steve Nash and Marks, who is the GM, I think, gets, gets fired. The Nets are like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. KD's like, fine, I'll stay. Kyrie then says some anti-Semitic stuff, which is not great. Uh, Nets then fire Steve Nash after telling KD they wouldn't fire him. And then they reportedly want to hire Ime Udoka, who was suspended for the full year for being a perv. Got it? Oh, plus Ben Simmons is there and he didn't want to play last year because he was just like, nah. Because he was crying because everyone shit on him for being terrible. Yeah, because he's he's going through some stuff. And he still doesn't shoot the ball. Well, would you if you didn't have any shot? Would you take a shot? And they're like two and six. (laughs) Not going well in Brooklyn, you guys. So I feel like we'll start with the Steve Nash thing first. Uh, James, we'll start with you. I mean, this feels like a pretty quick poll. I mean, it's only been, you know, like two and a half weeks. But like, just what are your thoughts uh, on Steve Nash, like, you know, he, I think this is now, you know, two, two years plus a tiny little bit, um, you know, if Katie's toe isn't on the line in game seven, they might be, you know, they could have made it to the finals, um, you know, the year that Milwaukee won. So just your thoughts on them firing Steve Nash. I feel really bad for Steve Nash. Um, he wasn't given that much room to succeed there. I mean, he was given a Ben Simmons who didn't play. He was given two big personalities who are superstars and expect them to mesh together while also not having one of the superstars in Kyrie Irving play home games because they didn't want to get vaccinated. So therefore, you only had one superstar and a bunch of just eh players. It's not a recipe for success. And I feel bad for Steve Nash because he's put in front of this team as a Hall of Fame basketball player, as a first-time coach with big expectations. And obviously those big expectations were not met because he was fired. But I mean, come on, man. Like at least set him up a little bit better. I just feel for the guy. I feel bad for him. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, like obviously Kyrie has been, it feels like just a nightmare scenario since Brooklyn signed him. He asked out, no one really wanted to give up what they were asking for. Um, You know, other than KD being hurt, he's generally been pretty good other than also wanting out, the James Harden situation obviously did not go well. They tried to bring in guys like Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge, who are a million and don't have knees anymore. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, Steve Nash, like, it would not surprise me if he got hired on um, or maybe, like, kind of did what the Jason Kidd route. You know, he was – he got hired on to be a head coach, like, the year after he retired. Didn't go well. Then he became an assistant coach, maybe, and now he's the head coach of the Mavericks. I don't know. Trade in. They immediately, like within five seconds, like you were saying, we get updates. Steve Nash is fired. Oh, they're hiring Udoka. What? What? Just what? You just what? I, I clearly this was already in the works. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense that it, that they just you know that that they just decided. Oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna hire this guy. No, there there's there must have been something there. Um. I don't know who perpetuated it. I don't know why you'd want this this guy in in your organization. He he may be a good coach, but it's just not a very good look for your organization. But it's just a continuing a continuing you know presentation illustration that in the case of the Brooklyn Nets, and I think KD and to an extent Kyrie had a lot to do with had a lot to do with what how this all transpired. The lunatics have taken over the asylum, hundred percent. I mean, they they are controlling the asylum, the the this insane asylum that is in Brooklyn. 
Now, most usually, you know, players play and managers manage and coaches coach. Not the case in Brooklyn. Doesn't seem to be the case. They seem to be, they seem to have the pulse on absolutely fucking everything. And quite, and quite frankly, the, the firing of, of Steve Nash completely takes every bit of, of, uh, you know, he's the complete scapegoat of this whole thing. It, it, it completely takes away any, any blame to uh, and puts the entire onus on Steve Nash, which is absolute bullshit because these players simply are not finding a way to f- win basketball games. They probably want this idiot uh, as their coach for, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why, but you know, when you look at, when you actually listen to what Kyrie says half the time, you're like, oh, okay, that probably makes sense because he's a fucking dumb fuck. Um, KD is an, is an absolute, uh, he's just i think he has an ego and i think that i think that he just doesn't care about i don't i don't think he's a team guy which you know i think i think has become very apparent um so i i it, it to me it's just a case of the the lunatics have taken over the asylum here we are and i hope the brooklyn nets completely just just absolutely get so fucking mowed over the rest of the season they already have i just hope they don't win another fucking game <laughs> okay well i mean they're probably going to win another game but well, of course, I, I hope they yeah. do. We all yeah. hope they do, but they're going to. I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, unlike any other league, players in the NBA run their team, like, unlike any other. They, you know, they demand trades more often, I feel like. Um, you know, coaches get fired because of what, you know, players want. Um, more, well, I mean, that's it's been a more recent thing for sure. Like, this wasn't always the case, but it's definitely uh, become more prevalent. Uh, yeah, but it definitely seems like Kyrie and KD are just running, kind of running the show. Um, I mean, Kyrie needs to be like institutionalized potentially like that guy just seems off his rocker half the time. Uh, <clears throat> Tyler, your thoughts on the Nets and like, where do they potentially go from here? Yeah, I mean, imagine yourself in New York and you're like in the mood, you know, you want to go see see some giraffes you want to go see maybe an elephant maybe a penguin or two bears you know maybe you go to the central park zoo or you can go to the fucking barclay center in brooklyn because this organization is an absolute zoo right now i cannot believe what is going on every single month it's something even crazier and it's insane it is absolutely insane the brooklyn nets are an absolute mess they don't know what to do that you know they, they they fire the guy they probably shouldn't have fired and they hire someone who's probably you know they talk about changing the culture and, and trying to build the team chemistry. So you, you, you've hired this guy. That's probably the worst possible guy right now to do that. I mean, I just, it is unbelievable. I don't know where the nets go. I'm, I'm intrigued by them just because of how insanely wild that organization is right now. Like I'm just, I'm just watching a train wreck in front of my eyes and I can't take my eyes off of it. Um, but it is insane. I mean, it is absolutely, it's an absolute zoo in Brooklyn right now. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're not a sports fan and you're into reality trashy TV, just follow the Brooklyn Nets and just see <laughs> what they're doing because it is wild. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. I feel bad for some of the like guys that got traded there this off season or signed there with you know thoughts of like, oh, this is gonna be a championship contender, and now it's just a goddamn nightmare um does it hold on does it let me ask a question to the guys does it bother you that kd and i'm gonna i'm just gonna call this guy out that he demands all of this when he's only won because he had the splash brothers under a under one of the greatest um organizations in golden state that at least in recent years 
does it bother you that that's his only win and he's done nothing since then and tried to do something and he's done nothing? Does it bother you that he has this much clout in the NBA? Um, I mean, I guess a little bit. Like, I like personally, like, I feel like you can compare him to LeBron and what people felt about LeBron when he went to Miami. But now LeBron has sort of like, okay, there's been no scandals. He's never demanded a trade. Like, he's just left via free agency has now one in two different cities. Like it definitely like changes three F well, two different cities after Miami. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, I can, no, I, I got you. Um, it, it definitely like, I feel like if Katie, I mean, he's 36 now, maybe like this is probably one of his last shots. Like unless he gets a really lucky trade or like who knows, but like, I, I think especially if his legacy is tarnished, if he doesn't win without Steph and Clay for sure. In my opinion, I don't, I don't know how, how the other guys feel. I, I think it just proves, I don't, you know, I think he's a great basketball player. He's like one of the best basketball players of his generation, but in terms of him being, being a leader and being that guy that you, that you ride, that you take to championship with, I don't think he's that guy. I think he's a supporting cast of that guy. Like he was with the Warriors. Obviously he was, you know, the MVP of the finals, I believe that year. And he had a fantastic year and was an integral part of that team. But in terms of him, you know, taking it on his own, so to speak, or like being the guy as a leadership role, he's just not that guy. I think, I think that's what it proves to me. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, and like to bring it back to LeBron too, like when he went to Miami, they built that team just via free agency. And like KD just joined a team that had the best regular season record of all time. So uh yeah actually i kind of hate kd now um okay let's move on thank you <laughs> that was my goal <laughs> um so it's still early in the season uh you know there's a lot of drama going on the the records don't match what we thought at all if we you know if you look at our preseason previews uh there are some teams that are doing really poorly there are some teams that are performing really well uh james let's start with you is there any team or player um that you know is like an early season slow start that you just don't believe in or kind of vice versa if there's like an excited start that you're just like there's no way they can keep this up or they can't keep it up and you're like oh shit we were wrong i think i'm gonna go with the ones that uh i'm worried about okay both teams in la suck but there's one team in la that had you know expectations of being good and that's the clippers they're currently three and four I mean, that record isn't that alarming, but they're averaging under 100 points a game in a league that's offensively driven. They're by far the worst in terms of scoring. They're averaging 99.9 points, guys. That is so bad. And the fact that Kawhi Leonard plays one game and then is out for three weeks is not a good sign either. You can't have that happen. That's your superstar. He wants to play, yet the team isn't allowing him to do so. That's tough. You're relying on Paul George and Ivanka Zubak. Those are your guys. John Wall takes every other game off too because he's coming off of injury. No wonder why you guys can't score. It's the PG show. That's tough, man. This team got to figure it out. They're supposed to be contenders. They're supposed to be the top five in the, in the West. They're three and four, and they can't score. Not looking good. Are you like? Are you out on them? Like, do you, like how how much can you do? You expect them to turn it around? I mean, we have no idea what's going on with Kawhi and his knee. Like no idea i don't think he knows i don't think the clippers know <laughs> like well for me they're definitely not a top five team anymore 
I think they're they're a playing team at this point. Mm. Like if they if they get like the eight through ten spots, awesome. That's what you expected at now, but you are no longer a top five team in the West. Okay. Tyler, kind of same question. And you can take it either way, or if you have multiple ones, uh I'm this kind of devolved. My questions kind of got all fucked up after the net, so it doesn't really matter. But uh excited start, slow start, whatever you want, whatever you want to go for. Yeah, I was uh, I was in the middle of uh, picking the Nets as my slow start that I was worried about, and right in the middle of it is when we got all the notifications about Nash being fired and all this other stuff. So uh, we kind of already talked about the Nets, but they're definitely a team that I'm definitely worried about with with their slow start. The Miami Heat are another team out of the East that have started pretty slow that I'm also worried about out, out, out there. Not really, sh- we cannot we kind of really didn't really know what to expect from the Heat this year, and it's not getting off to a good start. So I feel like that's a team that that might just not be able to figure it out. <clears throat> um, and then just on the flip side, just fast starts that I think aren't going to last. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs are off to a really, really good start. Um, I don't think that one's going to last that long. And the Utah Jazz is an intriguing one. Uh, you know, obviously they've, they've kind of traded away and just kind of started a rebuild, but I think they still have some pieces there that maybe could compete and maybe make the playoffs, but I kind of doubt it. Um, so for me, they're also a, a big fast start. <clears throat> Yeah, the Heat is uh, one I thought about too. I mean, obviously they were the number one seed coming out of the East last year. Um, I mean, maybe it's kind of, <laughs> kind of just a thing where it's they're two and five to start the season, and if this is March and we probably don't even notice it, you know, and it's just a, a poor start for them. But you know, we are seeing teams on the rise that we didn't think were were that good last year that it got better. So like you got to figure it out. You like coming from behind is always is not the easiest thing to do. Uh, trade in kind of same, kind of same question. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think the jazz and the Spurs are surprising. I just don't see that being long-term I, th- to, to be frank. I think, I think a short, you know, a short sample size and in scrappiness can make, can mask a lot of like internal problems. And I just think that the jazz and Spurs are just, you know, living off that. However, I think it's really cool to see that maybe Adam Silver scared him. By you know those those are the top teams to tank and it's like okay we won't tank and they decide to go just rattle off four wins. Um, I think it's I think it's uh, a little early to say that it's um, you know sustainable, but I think that they a most surprising start that I think can not really surprising start, but um, I, I I think a team that I want to talk about that I think is going to be sustain sustainable and I think is is pretty good is the is the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Damian Lillard is looking really good. It's really fun to see when he's, when he's doing, uh, when he's doing really well. Um, and James, you gave me that look, but yet he's, he has 31 points per game. He has, huh? He's hurt right now because Shane Catherine might be out for a while. It doesn't seem like as bad. They they think it might be just like another week or so. Cavs are tricky as an AT, like Cavs are tricky. Like they feel good one day, and then the next day, if you just run on it a little too much, you're you're set back from the two weeks. True. Calves and hamstrings, man. Those those are tough. Whenever I see those, I'm like, not good, not good at all. True. 76ers uh are looking really bad too. So <laughs> the Sixers have turned it around a bit. Um, Portland, I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, Dame's hurt. They've definitely um, you know, if but if 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 Simmons is uh is healthy and Jeremy Grant is healthy and Jurkic is healthy. Like they can definitely sustain it without, without Dame for a little bit. Their defense is a lot like their defense last year was bad. So hopefully it's a little bit better this year. Um, I picked the 76ers, so they'll be fine. 
Uh, my favorite <laughs> start, I mean, it's kind of a, kind of a, well, I, there's one other thing I think we should talk about. We all talk shit on the Suns and now they're five and one. Uh, they've been playing really well. They kind of look like the best team in the West right now. Um, you know, especially with the Clippers and the Warriors kind of faltering a little bit. Um, I talked about this in the uh, ranking, in my rankings, but Luca like is amazing, but there's no way he can keep this up um, or the Dallas Maverick. They're got to get something else going in Dallas there, but um, trading this one just devolved into craziness. So that'll be it. Unless you guys have any other like teams you want to talk about or players you want to talk about real quick uh, before we move on. Um, I, well, I, I want to, sh- we should shout out Donovan Mitchell. He's, 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 he's come and done yeah. great in his new team. Um, in there in Atlanta, uh, I'm sorry, Cleveland, Cleveland, excuse me. <laughs> um, but he, he, he is, he is making them look really, really good. And he's, he's been such a great, um, you know, addition. And I think we should shout him out. Yeah. Cleveland is, we, we kind of did talk shit on them. Didn't think he could be the superstar to like really lead them. And now they've gotten off to a, a good start. And now they play the four California teams who are like combined 10 games under 500 or more already. So good for you, Cleveland. Woof. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing. Like I said, drama all over the NBA and I absolutely love it. Um, and, um, I can't wait to, to hear about more, um, next week. Um, if, if, yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, when we come back, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about the world series, which is looking very, very interesting three games in. Well, I guess it's a game in two thirds in when we come back. Welcome back. Top of the seventh in game three, the Phillies are fucking up the Houston Astros seven to zero. After they can't, you know, this is after game one where they were down 5 0. And I'm like, oh, there we go. It's over. And they fucking rattled off a crazy fucking comeback. Um, I guess Justin Verlander uh, and I think their next highest pitcher um, in game three got fucked up too. So um, I guess these guys just can't do it in the World Series, right? Tyler, go ahead, bud. It's all you. Yeah, Houston Astros can't seem to win it. But hey, man, it's still very early in, in the series. Um, obviously, the, the Phillies are looking good right now. As you said, they're up 7 nothing in the seventh inning currently in game three. <clears throat> uh, series is tied 1-1 as we speak. So game three uh, got pushed to tonight. We uh, Last night's game got postponed due to weather. So everything's been pushed back a day. Uh, they did say that they're still going to have that travel day um, after game five, if we even get to a game five, or sorry, uh, game six. Um, so, they'll, so, so everything's pushed back a day. Um, so that's just something to to keep in mind moving forward. But so far, it's been a really, really fun and intriguing series. Um, so let's just kind of go through each game. Game one, as Traden mentioned, one of the best games that I've seen in all October, one of the best games of the year. It, it was what a World Series is all about. As you mentioned, the Phillies were down 5 nothing early. Kyle Tucker hit two home runs, and it seemed like the Astros were doing, doing Astro things. And it did not look good for the Phillies, but the Phillies have done what they've done all year long. They come back, they fight, they, they put up two huge innings. It ends up going to extra innings, and, J- and JT Riomuto hits the go-ahead home run on the top of the 10th, and the Phillies steal game one um, from Philly. So after game one, James, like, wh- how are you feeling about this series? You're like, oh, shit, the Phillies are, might be the real deal. Kind of where, where was your what, – what were you thinking after, um, after that game one? Underdog mentality, baby. 
I've been saying this from the get from not the get go, but like halfway through this MLB postseason thing that we've been talking about, uh, the Phillies just do whatever it takes to get it done. And I, if you guys remember, I said Phillies in six, and Alex was like, no, but I went with it anyway. And I, it's not not looking bad. I mean, they should be two games up right now. But after game one, I was like, wow, they were down by five runs, and they managed to come back and win it. That tells you a lot about this team and not giving up. They're a gritty team who is an underdog, and they're giving it all they got every single time, and they're never down and out. They could be down 10 to 0, and they'd still probably give a fight. They'd lose that one, but at least they'd make it like 5 to 10 instead of just giving up outright. This team fights every single time, and I love that. There's nothing more dangerous uh, to, a, to, a, to an opposing team with a team that has a lot of fight and never gives up and has a lot of confidence. And that's what the, what the, what the Phillies are right now. And they're, they're playing phenomenal baseball and they're, and they're posed. They have the right mentality. They have the right group of guys to, to possibly win this thing. Um, after the game one, win, uh, the Astros came back and put up a great all, all around, uh, game two, um, they ended up winning that series or that game five to two. So it ended up going t- uh, tied back. So, um, Alex kind of with that game two win, was that like a must win for the Astros, especially going back to Philly who then Philly has not lost at home all season long. Um, I think at the, at the time you would say no, because you were getting a McCuller Cindergaard matchup in game three without the rain. And you were thinking like, wow, McCullers, I would take him over Cindergaard in a heartbeat right now, but then with the rain out and now, and then like, you get Suarez instead of Syndergaard, like it kind of turned into like, Oh wow. That could have been a complete change. Um, I mean, that's tough. It, it, I mean, I guess like, yes, either way, now that I'm really thinking about it, because going down two Oh, losing both games at home is a shitty way to start the world series, but the Astros did that against the nationals in 2019, obviously ended up losing that, but they won then won three, three on the road. So you, we know they can do it. Um, but yeah, it's been a, wild series so far that's what you want to see you don't you don't want to see anything expected that's what what we gotta love also speaking of something unexpected i gotta give a shout out usually when we talk about officials referees umpires it's usually negative but let's give some props to umpire pat hoberg who had called a perfect game in his first ever world series game behind home plate uh in game two he correctly called 129 out of 129 uh taken pitches uh, that is incredible. I mean, that is a really, really hard to do. Uh, and he actually came really close to, to doing to doing this earlier in the season. He, uh, I think he was only one off uh, in a game, I, like, I believe, back in August sometimes. So this dude, congratulations, man. That is an awesome thing. I think that's something that we should celebrate more. Um, great job, uh, Pat Holberg, especially in your first ever World Series game. I mean, that's like, talk about pressure. I mean, umpires are under a lot of pressure too. Obviously, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about them a lot, but I just want to give a quick shout out trading. You know, I, I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but I mean, that might be more impressive than anything that's been done this series so far. Um, almost, almost the most impressive thing. So all I have to say is give him all the money, <laughs> give him all the money yeah. and make sure he's pitching every game that he, as many games as he can. Just, just, just give him money. Cause he, cause you don't need those fucking old guys that don't know anything. Don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. This is a guy that we need behind the plate. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. I, I, Dude, MLB umpires make between 150 and 450k a year. Give them, give the guy five, give make make them the most highest paid umpire right now. Fucking give him make Mike sure. That, yes, give him Mike Trout <laughs> money for that. For that, <laughs> fuck yeah. 
Maybe I should go to umpire school. That's that's, that's they get twenty I, I, grand. They get twenty extra grand just for calling a World Series. See, boom, give them more than that. Damn, it's like, Ryan Tyler. You get like a bonus for having for having. Shattering, you're shattering my life decisions at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that's very depressing. But good for them. Uh, I think I think Pat Holbrook definitely has, has something to say about robot umps because um, he was perfect. So. Awesome job. Um, but real quick, uh, talking about game three here, the Phillies are up seven, nothing. They have not lost at home yet. Um, it's, it's, this is one of the most intriguing parts of the series when it kind of goes back and, and, and some teams got some mojo. So let's assume the Phillies are going to win this game. Obviously we, anything can happen. There's still the Astros still have two innings left to put up seven runs. It can happen. Um, but let's assume the Phillies are probably going to take this game. Uh, they're going to be up 2-1. They got two more games at home before they would have to go back to Houston if, if Houston can pick up another win. Um, do the Phillies take this thing at home in game five, or are, is this series going back to Houston? And real quick, just any re, your current new selections, are you going to keep in the, your selections? Who wins? How many games? Around the horn. Alex, who do you got? Um, okay, I forgot to say this at the beginning of this, but shout out to my guy, Justin Turner, who got named the Roberto Clemente Award winner. He's a homie. Uh, He's very generous over my left-hand shoulder right there. There's a baseball that he threw me one time. So I love that man. Um, I'm going to have to change mine because I picked Astros in five, and that's already going down the drain. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go Astros in six. I still think they're just a much better team. Um, And with Nola going tomorrow for the Phillies, like he got really – really messed up in game two. Um, I just like, eventually like this home magic has got to run out. They can't win every home game, the entire playoffs. So I still think just this depth of the Astros team will, will come through at some point. Drayden, what do you got? Look, the minute that Bryce Harper stepped up to the plate, took one fucking pitch and bombed it out. I was like, yep, they're going to win. Not, not only are they going to win this game, they're going to win the World Series, just like I said. And they're actually not good. I think that they'll be able to take it in six games, not seven. Mm. Wow. I like it. Uh, right, writing it on the back of Bryce Harper. James, I feel like if I'm reading you, you're going for the Phillies. Oh yeah. God. I mean, I'm doubling down and saying Phillies in six once again, like I did the week before and the week before that. It's just, you know, Records are meant to be broken, and the fact that the Phillies haven't lost at home yet means they're going to lose at home. Like, the Astros hadn't lost at all until the World Series, then they lost game one. The Phillies are going to lose one game in Philly. It's going to happen. They're going to go right back to Houston and take game six and win it all. All right, Phillies in six. I'm going to stick with my guns, and I'm going to stick with the Astros as well just because I'm liking where this is headed when I do pick the Astros. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And uh, – <laughs> Yeah, so great World Series so far. Hopefully, you guys are, are, are continuing to enjoy. I mean, a great time of year. Also, the uh, the uh, Gold Glove winners were announced today. Nolan Arenado won his 10th in a row. Very impressive for him. Um, so take a look at those Gold Glove winners. Hopefully, your team uh, uh, stand a few. Uh, Mookie Betts, the Dodgers, got his uh, sixth. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, so those awards and stuff will be happening. Uh, we sh- Depending on how things work out, I mean, definitely Game 7 is before next Monday, I believe. Off the top of my head, I don't know, but... Um, we'll probably have a world series champion by the next week's podcast and we'll break it all down and go from there next week. But hopefully you guys are enjoying the world series, uh, in November, which doesn't happen very often. So there we go. 
Heck yeah. Hold on to your wallets because the Philadelphia Phillies are going to push us into a financial recession. Why do I say that? The Philadelphia, Philadelphia teams in their in last history, in 19, the 1929 uh, Philadelphia Athletics won their their first championship in 1929. We then saw this the stock crash and the Great Depression immediately after that. In 1980, the Phillies won their first World Series and it and a recession raged for three years after that. Oh, and by the way, the Phillies won the World Series last in 2008, and everybody knows what happens in 2008. So we are on the brink of financial recession in about a week because we all everybody knows that the Philadelphia Phillies are going to win the, uh, the World Series in six games. Um, so that is quite interesting. Um, I hope I don't scare too many people. Uh, I'm just giving you a heads up now. Be smart. Hold you on your wallets and get the fuck out of stocks. Uh that is it for the podcast. Thank you very much. That is episode 122. Um, this this World Series has been dramatic in the best of ways. The NBA, even better. Uh, the NFL, to an extent, has been quite uh, quite dramatic. Uh, James, can you go quick? When is uh, trade deadline? Uh, that was today. That and, was today. That's why trade. that's yep. why all the trades uh, happened. All the trades. So uh, the the trade deadline is over. We are now. The, the teams are stuck with what they got so we'll see uh we'll see what happens um you know nothing nothing short of uh n- nothing short of of, of fun here and uh, here on the podcast and here in sports we hope you guys have a great week please watch all of the all of these games that um that are coming our way uh we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about next week um we, we hope we hope you have fun and uh we'll see you guys next week bye